Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with John Bevere. John is a minister known for his bold, uncompromising approach to God's Word. He is also an international best-selling author who has written more than 20 books that have collectively sold millions of copies and been translated into 122 languages. Along with his wife, Lisa, John is the co-founder of Messenger International, a ministry committed to revolutionizing global discipleship. Today, we'll be listening in to part one of this conversation, where John will be speaking about his new book, The Awe of God, and how the fear of God is the uncommon path to a fulfilled and fruitful life. It's going to be a good one, so lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Woo! We are back, everybody. It's another episode of The Unveil podcast where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. I am blessed to be sitting down with none other than John Bevere, man of God, author of amazing books, a great leader. John, it's so good to have you on the Avail podcast for part one of this conversation. How you doing, sir? Virgil, it's such an honor to be on with you. And I always love being on with you because you bring such energy and passion to the table. And so uh, I think there's one man I know who has who has more energy than Dr. Sam Chan, and that would be Virgil. (laughs) (laughs) I learned from the best. I learned from the best. Shout out to Dr. Sam Chan. Love him. Hey, John, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk specifically. I got it right here next to me. The new book. It's 2023, baby. The Awe of God, The Astounding Way, A Healthy Fear of God Transforms Your Life. Before we jump into the into the book, because I really want to just get into the heart of the book, I know that, that there's some people leaning in. Can you just give the quick, the 3,000-foot view of, of who John Bevere is and what God called you to do? John and Lisa Bevere, who we've been married now, Lisa and I, 41 years this year. We co-founded Messenger International in 1990. Our passion is to make disciples of all nations. To that end, we've given away now over 57 million resources to pastors and leaders in 235 nations of the world and over 20,000 cities of the world. So that's what we do. We, We know there are so many leaders overseas that do not have resources. In fact, in 37 languages that we are in and we have developed our resources in, those 37 languages reach 600, over 650 million people on the earth. There are no other discipleship resources available to those people other than the ones we've been able to produce as a team. So, and when I say a team, it's all the businessmen, the businesswomen, the churches that have partnered together. We've gone together to do this massive undertaking of making sure that every single nation is discipled, as Jesus said, not converts, but discipled. I love that. I believe in John Bevere, Lisa Bevere, I believe in your ministry, our church, Vertical Church here in South Florida does as well. And we love investing in fertile soil. Messenger International is fertile soil. All right, let's get to it. This book, I love it. The Awe, I'm, 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 I'm just getting into it and I'm getting inspired. <laughs> the Awe of God. And I love how you kick off the book. I, I just want to put it in your hands. Why did you write this book? How, how did this, how was it birthed? 
There's two reasons. Number one, it is my life message. And God spoke to me finally last year and said, son, it's time to write it. Uh, why wow. I believe is it's time is God spoke to me 30 years ago and said the final move of his spirit that would cover the entire earth. Now, if you look at other moves, Brownsville, you look at Toronto, you look at Welsh Revival, you look at Azusa, they're all in locations. There is a early outpouring of God's spirit. That's the book of Acts. And there is a final outpouring. The spirit of God spoke to me 30 years and said that final outpouring would emphasize the holy, healthy fear of God. Hmm. After he spoke that to me, I thought to myself, that makes total sense because the one and only description of the church that Jesus is coming back for in the New Testament, it's not a leadership driven church. Now, I believe in leadership. That's why I'm on avail because I hmm. believe leadership is so important. It is actually one of the gifts that is set in the church by God himself. But it's not a leadership-driven church. It's not a relevant church. Is relevance important? Absolutely. Paul said, I become all things to all people so I can win the more. We are not hmm. going to win the loss if we're not relevant. It's not a community church. Is community important? Yes, God said it's not good that man is alone. But the only description of the church that Jesus is coming back for is a holy bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now, the New hmm. Testament tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 the only thing that produces holiness is the fear of the Lord. It says, having the promise of God dwelling in us and among us, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So you look at the fear of the Lord and it's Jesus's delight, Isaiah 11. Mm -hmm. Stop and think about that. It's Jesus's delight. Isaiah yeah. 33, 6 tells us it is God's treasure. Paul the Apostle yeah. tells us in Philippians 2 that our, our salvation is perfected in the fear of the Lord, not in the love of God, mm. in the fear of God. So here we have Jesus' delight, God's treasure, and we have what matures our salvation. I think we need to talk about it. I think it's important. <laughs> the second reason that I wrote this book is that Barna has done a study and has discovered that over 23 million Americans have walked away from the faith in the last 23 years. Now, wow. when I say walked away from the faith, I am talking about these people were practicing Christians, which meant, this is defined by Barna, as they prayed regularly and gathered together regularly. Now these people are professing atheists, spiritualists, and agnostics. So we are wow. talking about one out of every 14 Americans have walked away from the faith. Okay. We're not talking about one out of every 14 people that go to church. We're talking about one out of every 14 people in America have America. literally gone from being a practicing Christian to an agnostic, atheist, or spiritualist. Why is that? Wow. Because of the lack of the fear of the Lord. We are told that the fear of the Lord is what gives us the ability to stay close to God for the long run. If you look at Psalm 19, verse 9, it says the fear of the Lord endures forever. So the thing that matures our salvation, that keeps us tight with God till the end, because Jesus constantly talks about he who endures the end, he who endures the end, he who endures the end, is yeah. holy fear of God. Wow. So this is this is important because... Um, as you allude to in the beginning of, of of your book, in the first you know in the first um, couple of um, installments of, of of the book, it, it's incredible because most of us relate fear as a negative thing. In other right. words, when we think fear, we think we think fears that are 
we shouldn't have fear. And, 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 and you make a very clear distinction on the difference between unhealthy fears, you know, or inappropriate fears, and then what is the fear of God? Cause it stands alone. Well, so let's let it's, I'm so glad you brought this up. The fear of the Lord, first of all, has nothing to do with being afraid of God. So let I want to get that. I'll talk about that in a few minutes, <laughs> but you brought up such a good point. We have tried to eradicate fear Totally do away with it. I mean, we wore those T-shirts in the 90s. No fear, right? FDR <laughs> said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, right? So everybody is writing these books on how to get rid of fear. When in reality, the mistake we made is we lumped all fears into one bucket, unhealthy fear. Mm. I submit to everybody listening, there are two types of fears. There are constructive fears and destructive fears, okay? Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example of a constructive fear that is healthy, okay? Um, the fear of being mauled by a mother grizzly bear gives me <laughs> the wisdom to not mess with her cubs in front of her, okay? Agreed. That is good wisdom that is out of the fear of being mauled by a bear. So if you look at the fear of the Lord, it is the beginning of wisdom. God mm. never intended for his children to be afraid of him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you look yeah. at what Moses said to the children of Israel, when he brought them out of Egypt, he brought them to the mountain. God came down the mountain. The people all ran away. And Moses said, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Do not fear because God's come to test you to see if his fear is in you so that you may not sin. Wait a minute, Moses, hold on. Are you talking out of two sides of your mouth? Do not fear because God's come to test you to see if his fear is in you. He's not contradicting himself. He's differentiating between being scared of God and the fear of the Lord. Good. The person who is scared of God has something to hide. What does Adam do when he sins against the Lord in the garden? He hides from hides. the presence of the Lord. The person who fears God has nothing to hide. That person is terrified of being away from God. So our first definition of the healthy, holy fear of God is to be terrified of being away from God. That is literally the force of holy fear. It keeps us close to him. That is... In itself, if that's all the benefit there was, that's worth it. But yeah. yet, in this book, I point out that over 30 years of studying Scripture, I have found over 40 major promises that God makes only to those who fear Him. Right. I mean, promises that are mind-blowing with the mm. first and most exciting being it is the beginning of having an intimate friendship with God. It's yep. the starting place of having an intimate place friendship with the Lord. That to me is an amazing promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the more I think about this, and as I hear you speaking, as I read it in the book, um, it makes sense. The more, the more I'm terrified of being away from God, the more I'm going to be driven to go to him, which, which the closer I get, the, the more awe, like the more I see, I know him. And I love, I love the way, by the way, John, I love the way you arrange the book. This doesn't read like, for example, multiply that came out uh, a little while back. It doesn't read the same way. Can you talk a little bit about the structure of the book? Because I think it's, that's key, especially as you kind of delve in and get deeper in it. I knew the message was so crucial, and I just had a heart-to-heart -heart with the Holy Spirit, and I said, Holy Spirit, 
people just aren't reading. Their attention span is so short nowadays. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And I felt impressed. Write this book in very short chapters. So I thought to myself, okay, if the Holy Spirit helps me, he's put this on my heart, it can be done. Well, it ended up that the book is 42 short chapters. Now, mm-hmm. it's not a devotional. I cannot emphasize that strong enough. You can sit down and read this book with one reading, and it's going to be a systematic, concise, thought-out book. However, mm-hmm. I thought, let's give it in bite-sized pieces. So I, I thought to myself, there are 42 days in a six-week time period. Most small groups do six weeks or they do four weeks. So I thought, let's do this book so that somebody can individually or with their friends They can Mm, do this six weeks and every day you've got six pages to read. Now that's six pages. I am not a fast reader. I wish I was my son and my wife, one of my sons and my wife, they read a 500 page book in a week. And I'm just like, how do you do that? I, I really read slow and I ingest. It takes me seven minutes to read a chapter. Most people read these chapters in five minutes. Then at the end of the chapter, I've got a point, which is a major point of the chapter, a passage, which is the key, a key passage of scripture from the chapter, a ponder. Now, this is really good. This is where I ask three or four questions to ask yourself. You're doing this by yourself, right? To ask yourself to get this message in you deeper. Then I've got a prayer and then I've got a profession. Then at the end of the book in Appendix A, I've got a QR code where there are 42 four-minute videos. And when I did this, the publisher was like, you're going to do 42 four-minute videos. I said, yeah, I am. am. Are you going to charge for this? I said, no, I'm not. I said, if somebody buys the book, I want them to have this whole, I want them to have it all. Because I am more concerned about people getting the healthy, holy fear of God in their lives than I am about selling stuff, okay? Because I want to put a stop. I mean, Paul the Apostle said there was going to be a great apostasy. Before the day of the Lord comes, there's going to be a great falling away of those who profess Mm. Christianity. Okay, 23 million, one out of every 14 Americans, we've seen it. But can I tell you what Paul did not write? He did not write they wouldn't come back. Right. And just as John the Baptist was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, I believe this message and other messages like it will ignite an army of young men and women, older men and women, who will go after the lost sheep in the church. And I believe we're going to see the majority of those 23 million plus Hmm. people come back to the faith. But I believe it's going to take a holy awe of God in all of us. Because you see, the fear of the Lord, and the church fathers have written this for, 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 for decades. I mean, right from Tertullian all the way to Oswald Chambers, the church fathers and mothers taught that the only thing that eradicates all unhealthy fear is the holy fear of God. The fear of God delivers us from the fear of man. The fear of God delivers us from all unhealthy fears that paralyze us. So here's all these people trying to get free from fear when they didn't realize that what really sets us free from fear 
is the holy fear of God. Are you following Avail on social media? If you answered no, what are you waiting for? You can enjoy encouraging content, get updates on all our latest resources, and connect with leaders just like you, all from the comfort of your couch. There's no better account to visit in between appointments or over morning coffee. If you haven't found us on Instagram and Facebook yet, look up The Art of Avail and click follow. We can't wait to see you there. Man, I love this conversation. John, because even even as leaders, a lot of leaders and pastors lean into avail. And as we're as we're talking about this, I think leadership and leaders are key in getting this message out. I can't help when I hear these numbers. Um, Twenty three million Americans walked away have walked away from the faith. One out of every fourteen Americans. I mean, this is this is concerning. And here's a question that I have for you. Um, it seems like that those that walked away must not have had an awe of God, and you're connecting it specifically to a lack of fear of God. How do we how do we get that back, or how do we feed? How do we help people develop a holy and healthy fear of God? Can I can I can I um, address something you said before you asked that question? Yes, of course. Why do they walk away not having the fear of the Lord? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of an intimate relationship with God. Okay. Right. Back in the 1990s, one of the most popular figures on the planet was Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. There were people that wept when his fa- father was killed. There were people that rejoiced, jumped up and down, screamed with him when he won the championship. But if you saw him on the streets, Michael Jordan wouldn't even recognize who he is, who they are. Um. Michael Jordan might be totally different than what they thought he was. Right. Would those people take a bullet for Michael Jordan? I don't know. Probably not because they really know him. But I know Mm. Jordan's mother personally. Dolores is a beautiful woman. She's a very much a on fire believer. Dolores would take a bullet for Michael because she knows him. Yeah. When we know someone deeply and intimately, we will do so much more for them because of our love for them. If I have a surface relationship with Jesus, in other words, you know, there's a multitude that Jesus is going to look at and say, I don't even know who you are. Depart from me. Okay. It's going to be like Michael Jordan. Who are you? I've never met you. Yet they they are like, oh, Michael, Michael, Michael on the streets. And he's like, who are you? Jesus look at a multitude that professed him as Lord. I don't know who you are. Wow. What prevented that? It was a lack of the healthy fear of God because that's the starting place of knowing Jesus intimately. Okay. And I show that so clear. I have seven entire chapters devoted just to an intimate relationship with God. Now, that shows us that it is so important that we walk in the fear of the Lord. I mean, this is why Jesus delighted in it because He was so close with his father. He said, I don't do anything except I see my father do. I don't say anything except I hear my father saying it. What produced that closeness? His delight in the fear of the Lord. So you ask, how do we get the fear of God? There's two ways. Number one, it has to be taught. If you look at the psalmist in Psalm 34, he says, come close. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Second thing is it has to be caught. If you look at Jesus, it said the spirit of the Lord 
will be upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, and the Holy Spirit of the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There's, There's very few days that go by that I don't cry out to God in my morning prayer times and say, Father, baptize me fresh with the Holy Spirit of the fear of the Lord. Mm the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding. I cry out for that because Jesus made the statement, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? That's one of the foundations of the Holy Spirit. I want the fear of the Lord burning in my heart. Okay. What gave Mm -hmm. the early church fathers and mothers the ability to go and be burned at the stake to be crucified, to be thrown into an arena with wild animals tearing them from limb from limb. It's the holy mm. fear of God because the early church taught it. They taught wow. it. You read the church fathers, Clement, all of, you know, all these early church fathers, right? They taught the holy fear of God. Wow. We are told over 200 times in the Bible to have a fear of God. Why aren't we talking about it? I submit to you the reason we are losing so many people is because we are not giving them what matures their salvation. We're not giving them what gives them the staying power to not walk away from the faith. Wow. So caught and taught. That's huge. Um, I I love this conversation, John, and I love your book, The Awe of God. The astounding way a healthy fear of God transforms your life. Because I think a lot of times as Christians, we like to talk about faith and we like to talk about, you know, I can do all things. And we like to talk about, you know, I, I am a conqueror, all these things. And, and yes, that's biblical. That's good. But but we rarely, we rarely shout out, I have a fear of God. I have a healthy, holy fear of God. And I, I can't help as a pastor, but but sense, even as I evaluate our congregation and think, how shallow is our faith sometimes? How, how, you know, there's so many in the multitudes, but so few close, close in the inner circle. There are so many believers, but so few fearful followers. Um, I, I know this is part one and, and we have a few minutes here to, just, as we wrap this, this first part of the conversation up, John, I mean, I, 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 I know you, this resonates because you wrote the book, but but I just can't help but think that a time has come where we need to lift up a, 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 a man, a, an army of believers who believe this and, let, and trust God. Let me let me let me read this. Okay, this is Psalm yeah. one twelve. Here in this psalm, you're going to find ten distinct promises made to those who fear God. How joyful are those who fear the Lord? This is verse one. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. All right. Now, Mm. maybe in the next podcast, we can talk about what is the manifestation of the fear of the Lord. One of the manifestations is we delight in Mm. obeying commands. Now I'll talk about that in our next podcast Mm because that would would go to, so the one promise is you're going to be filled with joy. So the legalistic aspect of the fear of the Lord, well, grumpy, uh, I fear God. That's why I hate those sinners over there. You don't fear God at all because you hate who he loves. See, the fear right. of the Lord is to love what he loves and hate what he hates. God loves those people so much he sent Jesus to die for them. So don't tell me you fear God. You don't fear God at all because you hate who he loves. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so 
The fear of the Lord produces tremendous joy, okay? Their children will be successful everywhere. Okay, can you Mm. think, this is verse two. Can you think of a better promise? That your children are going to be successful everywhere. I can talk about that. I can talk about Jonathan Edwards who feared God. And I can talk about his 13,994 descendants, about one vice president, three senators. I can talk about the 50 or 60 uh, university professors, the 10 uh, college university presidents. I could talk about the 100 missionaries. And then I can tell you about ungodly men and women. And I can tell you about their descendants, like Max Jukes, mm-hmm. who was a vicious guy who lived about the same time as Jonathan Edwards, Max Jukes, there was 18 brothel owners in his descendants. There was over a hundred, there was 120 prostitutes. There was over 200 convicted criminals. Okay. Look at Jonathan, look at his descendants. Look at Max Jukes descendants. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation. That word entire generation in the Hebrew means successive generations. Oh my God. Wow. They wow. themselves will be wealthy. That word wealthy, it means wealthy in cattle, silver, and land, and gold. Wow. Okay? Let's not argue about this. I didn't write this. This is not my book. This is God's book. Their good uh-huh. deeds will last forever. How would you like to know that what you're doing on this earth is going to last forever? Now, listen to this. <laughs> this is crazy. These people will not be overcome by evil. With all this going on in the earth today, I want to know I'm not going to be overcome by evil. They will be long remembered. Okay? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. They're going to be confident. There's another promise. They're going to be fearless. Yep. They're going to face their enemies and be triumphant over them. I mean, they're going to have influence, verse 9, and they're going to have honor. That's just one little song. That tells these promises are made only to those who fear God. So why aren't we talking about it? That's why you and I are on talking about it right now. And I know we're at the end of this one, but we can we can go more into this next next podcast. Yes, everybody who's leaning in, please know this is part one, and there is a part two of this podcast with John. Vere. Here's what I want to do, John, as we finish up. I want to I want to just let people know how they can get this book. For those who are watching the video, I'm holding it here. It's a nice, solid, hardcover, beautiful, the awe of God. How can they get this book? Where's the best place for them to connect with this? They can go to johnbevere.com and it'll be there. But mm-hmm. I know everybody listening is a Prime member. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and I know how people like convenience. So, and, and right now Amazon has it for 30% off. So it's it's great deal. So all they have to do is go to Amazon Click the one little button and they'll have it at their house tomorrow. Okay. So yeah, it's more beneficial for our ministry if they go to johnbevere.com. But you know what? I I don't care. I want them to get it. So just go to Amazon, click it and get it. Yeah. My recommendation, leaders, pastors, marketplace leaders, church leaders, ministry leaders, don't just get one for you. Get one for your team. Uh, you You can read through this book. Uh, on your own, or you can do it with your family, or you can do it with a small group. A lot of you are in churches that do small groups. Uh, I really recommend that you do that. Don't just get one, get a bundle, get a bunch of them. I recommend go to johnbevere.com. You can go to, you can always go to Amazon, go to johnbevere.com. And we'll talk about this on the next one, Messenger X app. Man, there's a lot there that's going to be helpful and connected. Is there anything else, other resources connected to the book? Oh yeah. Uh, We've got a group study. It's a six week group study. 
Uh, there are 25 minutes. Then there's a group workbook. They can get that on Amazon as well. It just launched yesterday. Um, nice. So it's available now. And the workbook, you, they can get the workbook by itself, and it's got the links that stream the videos. So small groups of four, of 10, of 12 can go through it together. We have great, great questions in there to be able to ask as a group. So you've not only got the individual study, the five Ps at the end of every chapter. Now you've got this group book that you've got group questions that you really open up some good discussion questions. So it's so important. So important. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, Avail listeners and viewers, the book is The Awe of God by John Bevere. Go out and get it. Also want to mention, as you see behind me over here, the Avail Journal, uh, claim your free annual subscription. First year's on us, availjournal.com. John Bevere has been on cover on one of those in the past, and his articles show up there often because... He's got a heart for leaders as well. Availjournal.com is where you can get an annual subscription of that. Uh, as we wrap this up, uh, John, I, I just want to say on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, our whole Avail team, man, we honor you. We bless you. Thank you for your leadership and thank you for being obedient to the Lord and writing this book. Thank you so very much. And I love your entire team. We're partners. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yes. Hey, Avail listeners, viewers, I hope you've been encouraged by this episode of the Avail podcast with John Bevere. Make sure you lean in and tune in next week as part two of this conversation will come out. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical here in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And I'm your host here on the Avail podcast every week. We talk leadership and we encourage you to keep growing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, John Bevere. You can find out more about John and his new book, The Awe of God, at johnbevere.com and messengerinternational.org. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.